his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. It is 7.08 in the Twin Cities. Uh, we are continuing to follow the situation in uh, southeast Florida, uh, actually southwest Florida as well, because uh, the path of that hurricane, Hurricane Irma, is now actually going slightly west and is expected, the eye of the storm is actually expected to hit Tampa as opposed to Miami. Uh, wherever it hits, this is going to be a catastrophic storm on top of the catastrophe that we have in Texas and Louisiana uh, with the situation with Harvey. And one of the crises is obviously so many people have lost so much, but so many people have lost they're animals. I know that my sister-in-law, you know, fortunately, her, my sister and brother-in-law were fortunate enough uh, to live in Houston and to be on higher ground. But apparently they, one of their friends had to be rescued and lost her animal. Uh, the dog drowned. Other pets are being saved and rescued and the homeowners don't have any homes to go back to. So these dogs and animals are being held in shelters, which means that the animals that were already in these shelters are being moved across the country so that people can adopt them. Uh, in just a couple of minutes, we're going to talk with Eric Ravid. He is the director of public relations uh, for a group called Best Friends about the, the national effort to save these animals. But first, I thought it would be interesting to go to actually uh, a personal friend of mine, uh, Ed Idaraga from Minneapolis. He and his wife, uh, Renata, have been very active in basset hound rescues. Uh, they uh, sadly lost one of their uh, dogs just, just a short time ago. And they have actually pre-registered, which I didn't know you could do, uh, in order to try and get one of these dogs that is coming up from either uh, Irma or Harvey. So, Ed, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I right. appreciate it. All right, Ed, Ed sort of tell us, and, and you know, I know that, you, that you've just lost you know, one, one of your pets. And, and what made you and Renata decide to, to pre-register? And how did you realize you could even do that? Uh, well, we have been working through the Bassett Rescue in Minnesota um, in the past years, uh, and um, so that is Bassett Buddies Rescue, and they've recently um, split or grew into a, a, another group called Minnesota Bassett's Rescue also. But Renata, my wife, and I have uh, pre-registered uh, through both the Minnesota Bassett Rescue and Bassett Buddies Rescue, which is Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois. And, um, well, I, I guess we just, we were anxious or, or ready to adopt a, a new pet, a pet, a new dog. And uh, we put our feelers out there and let them know we were ready. All right. And so so they actually have this pre-registration, and obviously you've done a lot of work with this group, so I think you would be obviously ideal owners. Uh, but they said fill out these forms and say, hey, you're ready to adopt right now? Yeah, that'll make the process a lot more faster and more efficient. And okay. um, they they told us that they're already expecting a large number of animals coming from th- those uh, uh, from Florida and from still from the Texas area, too. Okay. And so how are they going to get back in touch with you, Ed? Are, are they going to, um, you know, email you or call you when they do get a dog? Uh, 
um, they usually call. So, uh, yeah, we have, and when we pre-register, we sign, um, or we, excuse me, we um, go through an application process online and verbally over the phone. Okay. So, and, and this is specifically yeah. with Basset Buddies, which obviously re- rescues Basset Hounds, and that's a breed that, that you've had um, you know, for many years. Um, so, yeah. so that's how you, you did it. Yeah, I mean, that breed works well with our family makeup, so that's why we go with them. But I would encourage anybody to, you know, explore whatever breed that uh, suits their family uh, makeup and just to, you know, reach out and because there's so many animals in need and it's just kind of heartbreaking. I oh, think absolutely. Something. Absolutely. And I know you've provided um, you know, wonderful homes to other uh, Bassets that have been rescued. Um, so I, I appreciate that because, you know, um, my husband David told me that, that you had pre-registered and I didn't even know that was possible. And that's why I'm grateful that you came on just to explain to people that that's even an option and that that might put you to the front of the line. And I know that um, one of... Um, my family's very good friends. Another friend, um, their family uh, adopted a dog from Katrina, a little rat terrier who's still going strong here. <laughs> Those dogs live a long time. So, uh, Ed, yeah, thank- I, w- I, I would encourage people to, you know, like I said, go to the rescues of the breeds that they, um, mag- you know, are attracted to, or also just to the the other rescues like Safe Paws or, or Second Chance Dogs, you know, and you know, just because we know there's going to be a lot of need, a lot of animals needing homes. Absolutely. Well, listen, we'll we'll follow up with you, Ed, and thank you so much for sharing because I think a lot of people may not even realize you can do that. Certainly, they're also looking for donations, and we're going to get to Eric Raven yep. here in just just a, a minute or so. Uh, apparently, it's three thousand dollars to transport a dog, and when you think about it, you know, in terms of you know the the fuel and, and getting the proper care, and so it's it's yeah. an expensive proposition, but. Uh, certainly a great idea for anybody who's thinking about one of these animals, and they are expecting a, a large number of them. So, and Renata, yeah. thank you so much, and, and we'll keep uh, we'll, we'll keep checking in with you because we, we can't thank wait just to hear you get a dog, and uh, you, you guys are great dog owners and dog lovers. So uh, we appreciate you yeah. telling your story this evening. You're welcome. Thanks, Esme. Okay, absolutely. Thanks, Ed. All right, folks, that is uh, Ed from Minneapolis. He and his wife uh, pre-registered with a a group of Bassett, different Bassett hound rescue organizations, uh, so they can be first in line. They were looking for a dog uh, after theirs, um, one of their beloved Bassets passed away. Um, Joining us right now is Eric Ravid. He is the Director of Public Relations of Best Friends. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. All right, and I see that you you've got a a, a uh, New York area code. I don't know if you're still based there. Um, but I am. I am. I was down in Texas uh, actually for the last two weeks. I just wow was in New York yesterday. So, All right. Uh, yeah. Well, well, you just heard um, that gentleman Ed from Minneapolis talking about, and I didn't even know that was possible to pre-register. What are some of the options for people who are considering or would like to adopt a dog? Uh, from one of these areas uh, or want to donate to the shelters, certainly the, some of the top shelters here, actively uh-huh. soliciting funds. W- what is your advice? Well, um, I mean, I like to hear that there are breed-specific rescues that um, Ed was involved with. But there, as you mentioned, there are also a lot of um, a lot of pets that are still awaiting homes in shelters. Uh, and one of the things in the organization that I work for is actually called Best Friends Animal Society. Oh, okay. One of the things that we do is we work with an or- with a, a network of 2,000 shelters and rescues around the country. We try to do uh, aggressive adoption campaigns, aggressive spay-neuter campaigns, and we're trying to 
keep animals from being euthanized just because there simply isn't uh, room for them. So, um, so if if you're not looking for a specific breed, we recommend that you go to a shelter uh, and you check out what 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 animals are there. I happen to love mutts <laughs> the right. most myself. I find that uh, you know they they sort of know that they've been helped out um, uh, when when they've been adopted. All right. So you were actually down in Texas. Uh, can you explain for us? Um, and again, it's uh, Eric Raven, the director of public relations for Best Friends Animal Society. What was the situation there? Because I have to imagine an awful lot of people are not in a position to care for their pets yeah. right now. Yeah, and it's heartbreaking. I mean, we were in the flood zones. We had two two teams that were down there. Uh, once one team uh, was going into the flood zones, and they were. Um, they're certified through FEMA to, um, do search and rescue. So they were in the flat bottom boats and they were, if needed, be going into houses, um, and, and, and helping the animals out. We had another team down there that I was part of, uh, and they were, uh, experts in sheltering, uh, transportation and animal handling. And what we were doing is we were working with our network partners because it wasn't just, um, families that were in the way of the floods. It was a lot of shelters. So we were trying wow. to move as many animals out of a harm's way uh, prior to flooding, or we were getting word that a shelter was flooded, and we would go down there and load up our trucks and get the animals out of there. Um, and then, and and then where, did, where did you take the animals? Right now, uh, well, there were two staging areas. One was up in Austin, all the way up in Austin, which is about three hours away. Right. Uh, and another was what, where I was based was the Montgomery County, Montgomery County Fairgrounds. Uh, and in the... Two weeks that I was there, we saw a little bit more than fifteen hundred uh, dogs and cats come through the space. Wow! So it was it was pretty busy. All right, and and were these were these animals that obviously you could con- reconnect with owners once they have are in a position to get back into their homes, or were some of them just without tags or without chips? Yeah, so there were three distinct uh, categories of animals that were there. We were co-sheltering with a Red Cross shelter on site, so we were taking care of the folks' pets that were staying at the Red Cross shelter. There were animals that I was talking about that we were getting out of shelters uh, um, and moving them out of harm's way. And then there were the pets that were rescued uh, from the floodwaters. And um, to your point, what we're trying to do, one of, the, one of the things that we learned at Katrina, and we were down there and we saved 6,000 animals in nine months, what is that we don't want to just start shipping them around the country uh, before we know that they're not owned animals. We want to make sure one of our, right. our number one priorities is to get those animals, those pets back with their families. So we've extended the hold period. We're doing aggressive marketing in the area to make sure people know where to come find us. Uh, and we're, uh, we're, you know, making sure that, that we're doing everything we can to get the animals back to their families. I mean, imagine making the devastating decision for whatever reason that you had to leave your animal behind. And, and I did see, I did see images of that, of, of two, you know, dogs mm-hmm. sitting, you know, in, in a boat and, and the family had evacuated. I, I mean, I just, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine being, it's, how, it's, how heartbreaking that must have right. been. Right. Exactly. So, so if they've lost their house, they've lost everything, we don't want them to lose a family member, too. We want to make sure that we're doing what we can to get them reunited, and that's really a primary goal. All right. And so that's important. And is it um, – it's got to be tough. You know, I'm, I'm not sure what percentage of, of dogs uh, or, or cats are, are chipped. I suppose that's probably the most definitive way to do it. But, I, you know, that, that's, that's something that I didn't even really think about, that, that effort to reunite. Um, animals and, and their owners. Um, how, I mean, you've got this ca- catastrophe in Texas. It, it's certainly 
looks like we've got another one, obviously, in yeah. Florida. But potentially a lot bigger. So right. it's mind-numbing to think of just the people and the animals that are in harm's way right now. So um, we actually have a team that's going to be going down there on Tuesday, uh, and we're going to be working with some of our local partners. Uh, we've already started setting up um, what are called MOUs, Memorandums of Understanding, with some of the, the municipal shelters in order to be uh, one of the groups that's going to be helping to uh, gather the animals that are in harm's way and get them reunited with their families. All right. And I, um, you know, I looked on some websites here, some shelters here where, you know, we've gotten um – a number of years ago, we got a dog for, from that shelter, and, and they're all raising money. They say that it's really $3,000 per transport, uh, is, I mean, which sounds incredibly expensive, which is incredibly expensive. But is it that costly when you factor in the fact of the transport, you know, the, the, the hours involved in terms of, you know, the working hours for, for an individual such as yourself yeah. or staff? I, I mean, I don't know where they calculate that number from. I know that w- when we work with our network partners, uh, we work in any way possible to get the animals out, and that's all volunteer. Um, so we, we, we were loading uh, pets up uh, into planes that were taking them out of the area. We were loading them up into um, uh, just these, these tremendous RVs uh, and uh, other um, climate-controlled, really large vehicles. Um, but I mean, I've never heard a a dollar figure put on it, but, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Eric, um, what, what, for people who, um, either want to donate and again, your, your organization's best friends, animal society, um, how can they donate to you? Do you have any recommendations in terms of donations? And then if they are interested in adopting, uh, you know, we, we talked earlier with, with Ed from Minneapolis, who was talking about, you know, they, they've been involved in Basset rescues you mm-hmm. know, for many, for decades, you know, that breed specific, but then you've got, as you said, the, the, the wonderful the mutts in the world. Um, right. what, what advice do you have in terms of both donations and then people who might be interested in adopting? So for donations, thank you for bringing that up. You know, um, we had no idea what the scope was going to be when we went down to Texas. We obviously know that the scope was going to be big. Same thing with Florida. So if you go to uh, bestfriends.org slash Hurricane Harvey or bestfriends.org slash Hurricane Irma, uh, there is um, a fund there that goes directly uh, to our emergency response fund, and that's going to help to go to those animals that are in harm's way for either one of those hurricanes. Um, As far as adoption, you know, I would say keep an eye on your local shelter. Um, I'm sure that there are going to be shelter pets that are coming up into your area, and they're going to need loving homes as well. Right. And obviously, I know that, that uh, so many people have, have big hearts and, and are doing that uh, as well. So your team is going down uh, on Tuesday. And yeah. uh, just what do you do? Just drive down there with a the truck with a lot of kennels in the back? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm just trying to figure to see this yeah, in my mind. Uh, no, what we're doing right now is we're finding a, a large staging area like the fairgrounds that we're in in Texas that we can house a lot of these animals. Uh, and then just sort of gathering supplies. I mean, the airports, I mean, you saw the news, Miami-Dade Airport was shut down yesterday uh, or this morning. Uh, so I think flying into Florida is going to be a bit of a, uh, an impossibility. So we'll get as close as we can by flight, and then we'll hop into some RVs that we'll rent, and we'll get down there. So we know that we have a place to stay. We'll get to a staging area. We'll set up what we have. And then, you know, one of the, the great things in Texas is the, 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 the public really came out in droves. We have an Amazon wish list up on our website at those two addresses that I gave you earlier, bestfriends.org slash Hurricane Harvey. And um, folks donated uh, so much 
so much so much supplies that we were able to give supplies out to uh, shelters and rescues in the area that weren't able to get them themselves. And oh, when then awesome. anybody that came in to um, be reunited with one of their pets, we were able to give them food and supplies to go home with. And so I, gosh, it, and you know, the, the reunions, I, that, that's, uh, you know, so important that that's a priority. Again, give out, so the, the two websites for people who want to help, bestfriends.org forward slash hurricane Harvey and then bestfriends.org hurricane forward slash hurricane Irma. Correct. Okay. Correct. Well, listen, good luck to you, Eric, and, and we may check back here. Um, you would love to hear how things are going um, yeah. a week or so. Uh, and, and again, I'm going to give out the website again, bestfriends.org, Hurricane Harvey, bestfriends.org forward slash Hurricane Harvey, or bestfriends.org forward slash Hurricane Irma. Good luck to you, okay? Uh, and we, we appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for helping us spread the word. Absolutely. All right, folks. Uh, we have to take a quick break because we are going to get another live update here, but so important, uh, so important to help not just all the people, but also the animals and pets that are affected by these tragic storms. All right, folks, you're listening to News Radio 830 WC. All right. I just was looking at my text <laughs> and um, I, the individual that we talked to first in that segment, uh, Ed, uh, he and his wife are family friends. So I called my daughter. Uh, to tell them that, that they were going to be on, that Ed was going to be on to talk about pre-registering with the Basket Rescue. Uh, so I just got a text from my daughter. <laughs> it said, can we get a dog from the hurricane? <laughs> we'll have to talk about that. But, um, you know, it, it is something that I think people should be thinking. And if they are thinking of, of having a dog or getting a dog, I think there's going to be an influx of, of pets. And obviously our shelters here in the Twin Cities are full. So my my dear to to, to my daughter um we'll talk about it <laughs> we we have to talk to dad first <laughs> but um you, you know we, it is so important because you know our shelters do such a great job here in in Minnesota they really do a wonderful wonderful job and they are expecting an influx in shelters around the country you know for for dogs you know all kinds of dogs and uh, as i said we have another family friend who had got a dog from Katrina, it was a rat terrier, so that dog now, and I know it was a puppy, obviously, and we were just chatting with Jonathan that those smaller dogs do tend to live longer, but obviously there is a tremendous need, and I, I really do like the fact that, that um, you know, what Eric Ravid was talking about from Best Friends Animal Society is that, you know, the effort to reunite these poor families that have lost so much, thing, and, and the, the heartbreak of, of having to leave a dog behind or getting separated from a dog uh, or, or a cat, it's just heartbreaking. And I think, you know, as you go through something like that, to, to also have that loss on top of everything else is so difficult. And obviously, if you're living in a shelter or you have to move suddenly to an apartment, you obviously can't care for the dog. So that's why these shelters in, in you know, Houston and obviously throughout Florida, and if, if this, this dog is going to be, uh, or if this Hurricane Irma is going to be as big and as bad as they say, there certainly are going to be an awful lot of pets stranded. Certainly the trajectory of this storm going in a different direction that's been predicted for days. Every prediction was that it was going to hit the east coast of Florida most severely. Now it's the west coast that is just going to get nailed by this storm. And certainly, you know, you wonder if, if people on the West Coast, uh, the Tampa area, are, are they ready? You know, were they prepared? Did they take precautions uh, to, to make sure that their pet would be okay or their pets would be okay? Uh, anyways, so much to be concerned about. Um, do want to let you know 
uh, that in just seconds here, we are going to take uh, another update from CBS News uh, to talk about the path that Irma is taking. CBS News all over the storm. And right now, folks, we're going to go to a special report. You're listening to News Radio 830 WCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It is 737 in the Twin Cities, 72 degrees. Uh, Esme Murphy with you until 9 o'clock. Again, we will continue to get updates at the top and bottom of the hour on the latest on Hurricane Irma, which is expected to uh, have a direct hit, make a direct hit on Florida. The trajectory, though, if you've been listening, uh, going to the west a little bit. So in other words, Miami apparently will not bear the brunt of the storm, as was widely expected. Tampa will actually get the brunt of this. Uh, but this half hour, I want to talk about something fun and good and delicious and just kind of cool. Uh, this is a story about uh, two very young entrepreneurs uh, who really have had a tremendous run with a product called Tree Fort Sodas. And I actually talked to this young woman uh, a couple of years ago when they were starting this company. She was only 18. Her brother's a little older. But Treefort Sodas uh, are basically – they've joined kind of the, the band of microbrewers, but this is soda. This is really good artisanal soda, and it has been tremendously successful. Eva Duckler and her brother David Duckler are joining us now. Thank you so, both so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks for having us. All right. Well, listen, Eva, I, I know that you were only 18 because I talked mm-hmm. to you. <laughs> you were 18 – you were my very first interview. Oh, really? Well, that's you know. I just was so impressed that you went to the Blake School. You had this idea, mm-hmm. and and then you kind of made a go with it. You did have you know a little bit of good fortune in that your family had ties here. But why don't you tell us about the story? Because I think it's so cool that somebody so young can, can can have an idea and actually make something of it. And I do want to know: Did you end up going to to, to Wellesley? I, yeah, I'm I'm at Wellesley. I'm talking to you from my dorm room right now. Awesome. Actually. Okay. All right. So, Eva, yeah. t- tell us about this. You're 18 years old. Uh-huh. You're a senior in high school, and you decide you want to have a soda company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so David and I, my brother, uh, we grew up just tasting every soda we could get our hands on, basically. And it was sort of this far off dream, like that. I don't know. We'd make some some amazing root beer someday. Um, I got to high school and I started playing around with it and actually making some pretty cool soda. And I had an opportunity to spend a couple weeks sort of like putting together a business plan as if I was going to start this company. And then all of a sudden, the company just sort of started and I was sort of along for the ride and I've been along ever since. And it's it's been so wonderful. Um, I think that the community in Minneapolis and Minnesota is just so receptive and so supportive to this kind of new good craft product beverage um, that it's just it's just been it's flown by and it's been an incredible experience. And David, so you're older than Eva and you actually had some, I mean, you were actually in, in a business related to this. So explain how that worked. Yes. So, um, I got started in tea. I import tea from really, really small family farms in super, super remote China. Um, but I also, uh, get to work on making kombucha, um, prohibition kombucha. And, and then we do some tea brewing and chai brewing. So, we had a commercial kitchen going, and um, Eva got to go in there and use all these dozens and dozens of different spices that we were importing to do blending with, and it was just so 
eye-opening and inspirational to see uh, her palate at work and um, get to see these spices that I'm used to using in tea suddenly becoming, you know, 1800-inspired crazy root beers um, and ginger ales and colas. So um, it was really, really uh, fun to get involved in the projects and inspiring for me. I'm used to uh, my products, like, and, and where and where is where is your tea houses? Because you know, people can go and get your products there. You know, so we're primarily online. Uh, we um, work a lot in China. I spent about half the year over there. So we're at verdanttea.com. and then our tea is served around town at places like uh, Black Eye Coffee, um, at Copland's Coffee, at the Wedge Table. Um, so we. You know, we like to work with people in town, but mainly um, we're over in China. We're working with farmers and we're connecting them directly with people so they can brew in their houses. But most of my products are so complicated to explain to people. It's just so fun to get to work on soda. Everybody knows what soda is mm-hmm. and it just makes people smile. Well, everybody – and it's great soda. Um, Eva, tell us – so you're 18 years old and then you, you, mm-hmm. you, you go to college and you're running this company. I mean, how – Wellesley is a very – you know, it's a very prestigious school, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. certainly a, a rigorous curriculum. How have you managed to do this? Well, um, David has been a superhero for me on the ground <laughs> In Minneapolis. I, no, I, would, um, I, I wish I could like bottle that that little line there. My daughter could say to her brother, "You're a superhero." That would be my dream as a mom. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, starting a business together is like the ultimate bond. You you can't get much closer than that. No, you can't. So so that's been really wonderful and really helpful. And you know, he manages a lot of the on the ground stuff, and I just sort of have to be really careful and meticulous about how I manage my time at school. Um, so I'm, I'm also trying to live a college life, a normal college life, and be involved in activities and then also making sure to stay on top of things. All right. And here. what year are you at Wellesley? I'm a junior this year. so Junior, okay. Yep. And so it, you're just starting your junior year. You've got this mm-hmm. company and um, the, the sodas, I know you've got the ginger ale, the cola, the root mm-hmm. beer, and you've got a orange, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. All right. Where can people get these tree fort sodas? Because I know that they are out there in uh, grocery stores in the Twin Cities. Yes. So a really great place to check out is Hy-Vee. So we're at many of the Hy-Vee locations, as, and, and they're starting to sort of pop up more and more in Minnesota. Um, Absolutely. The whole Midwest. Um, really great store, really great people. Um, and then... We know we're in a variety of cafes and restaurants around town. Um, breweries, like you can check out Utipo's Brewery or Indeed um, Brewery, and they're sort of like a really good non-alcoholic option if you're if you're the sober. Oh, okay. So 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 um, at the Utipo's, which actually is very close to where I live, um, mm-hmm. off of Glenwood, uh, and my husband's gone there. I have not gone there, but I. I and I'm not a big beer person, but I, I wanted to know, you know, well, what do they have there? So you could go to that brewery mm-hmm. and get one of your sodas. Right. Yeah. And actually, you know, that's one of our, our best markets is in breweries just because people are there and they're having a good time and they just want to take a break from beer or, you know, they bring their kids. Um, and they've just been a wonderful partner to us in the community and have just um, really brought some great people uh, to connect with us. So. Okay. And what was, you know, so you, you got off the ground, you, you, you made some things and you, you, you marketed this, but what has mm-hmm. been, um, 
I remember you describing me sort of the bottling process and you were hoping to get more automation. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. tell us through some of the key growth periods of this company. And again, we're talking to the uh, owners and creators of Tree Fort Sodas. Uh, they're wonderful, great-tasting sodas. Uh, what were some of the biggest hurdles? You Because know, I think a lot of people out there mm-hmm. sort of have a dream of, of having their own business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I talked to you uh, last time, I was bottling by hand every single bottle and labeling and capping it with this sort of rig that David and I built with a careful plan in our garage. Um, and it worked really well for a little bit, but it wasn't sustainable and we really wanted to be able to to sort of up our game. Um, so we worked really, really hard um, on basically like making these flavors translatable from just a small batch recipe into something that we can make and actually bottle on a, on a bottling manufacturing line. Um, and that way, like we can really get it to as many hands as possible. Um, so we started doing that and have partnered with a great bottling facility and um, have just been able to, to get bottles out that way. David, do you have anything to add? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's been really a watershed for us and um, it's great to have the consistency uh, on flavors too. So, you know, that was, that was the biggest challenge. And then, uh, then it's just really raising awareness. It's, it's a tough business um, Mm -hmm. to, to get started in. It's a really uh, competitive business, but um, the people have been so receptive because nobody's really doing uh, this level of attention or care, um, natural ingredients, high quality, you know, real sugar, real honey to classic flavors. You see the care going into beer, you see it going into crazy mixers, but, um, we've just been welcomed, um, everywhere that we've gone. So it's, it's been really great to get started and, and moving and, um, having so many great partners here. All right, we're talking to the uh, owners and the creators of uh, Tree Fort Sodas, which are available at Hy-Vee and other stores, also some breweries around town. Um, Eva, what would you, what advice would you have uh, for somebody who's thinking about doing something like this, uh, mm-hmm. whatever their yeah. age? I mean, because you were very uh-huh. young and, and you, mm-hmm. you did this when you were 18 years old. I mean, what, what and obviously you had the support of your brother, and, and support of your your parents, obviously, because if you if you got to use the garage, mm-hmm. <laughs> people people right. were, were backing you. But any advice you have, or is there something that you would have done differently, or mm-hmm. you know, what, what would you say to somebody who's young who's thinking about something like this, or or any right. age for God's sake, yeah. you know, because there are a lot of people who maybe have this dream and just uh-huh. never did it when they were as young as you. Right, I would say just go for it. I think. I think especially um, as a young woman, it was really sort of intimidating to enter this like very masculine industry, um, which I think is true for a lot of people. Um, But I think I was really surprised at what sort of came of asking for help as well. Um, So I went for it as best I could. And then I I fumbled and I made mistakes. And I learned most of all that lean into people who can help you. And people are excited. And we have an idea that that you're really passionate about. People want to help you. and that's, that's really been, I think that's the biggest advice I can give is to just don't try and do it all yourself. It's not going to happen. Let yourself <laughs> ask for help. Um, and, and really just, really just give your, give yourself, um, it all, like put, put yourself all out there and if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, then you'll figure it out and it'll be okay. Well, obvi- obviously th- this is, is, you know, such a successful enterprise, but, um, you know, uh, let me ask you, can, can you share with us what maybe one of the quote mistakes was? Because I think, I think in life, I think your ability to, to confront something, a, a wrong decision or a wrong turn, the way you handle that 
is often the key to success. Um, any any little mistakes you want to share with us? Yeah, sure. Um, I think something that you have to be careful about is um, just really trusting who you're working with. Um, so, so like I said, reaching out for, for help is really important and really wonderful. And also you have to remember that you're running a business and in the business world, the main priority is people making money. And sometimes it can, sometimes you can really like um, trust, trust something or put your trust in someone. And, and it's like, Oh, of course, like they, they're doing their job too. And part of doing their job might mean like making your job harder. Um, so just sort of remembering that, that you're, you're in a business world and you have to be sort of on, on your best game and on edge, um, no matter what. And like, just really do your research, I guess, when working with people or when, or when making big decisions. All right. And, and so after college, you've got two more years of college, which, you know, one of the best mm-hmm. times in anybody's life. Um, do you envision mm-hmm. coming back here to, to be, you know, sort of the, uh, tree fort soda guru or are you planning a different direction or are you going to just give it all to superhero brother? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I love Minneapolis and, and I love the work that I'm doing with the company. And so when I come home for summer break or winter break, I, I dive in as best I can and then sort of am able to step back um, when I'm at school. I think in the long term, I, I love the business and it's super fun. um, But I'm going to school for art history. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not going to school for business and that's not actually what I think I want to do with the rest of my life. It just so happened that I stumbled into this really well, cool opportunity. And you, but you created a business. What are they going to teach you? I mean, <laughs> you know, good for you. Um, and, and Boston's certainly a wonderful area to study uh, that particular subject. Yeah. Well, listen, um, I want to give the sodas a plug because I think that the, I think your story is so cool and, and so neat um, that, you know, it's a brother and sister that you, you were such a young, young woman, a teenager still, you know, started this company. Uh, and I just think it's a great example. And the product, obviously, if the product wasn't good, you guys wouldn't still be around. <laughs> and it's it's a fun product, and it does bring a smile to your your face um, and to your taste buds. Tree Fort Sodas, folks. Uh, Eva Duckler and David Duckler, thank you so much for joining us and, and continued success. Thank you so, so much, much for having right. us. Take care. All right. That's so cool. It was like her first interview. I, th- I just when I heard this story like three years ago, I just thought that is so neat. You know, here's this kid. She's 18 years old. She's a high school senior, and she does this for this project and comes up with this company. Uh, and I'm glad that she actually went through with the college and did that. That's important, and it's very cool that she's studying something different. But uh, it is, and the sodas are really good. I mean, they really taste different than sort of the commercial-type sodas that we all drink too much of. All right, folks, we're going to take a break. Uh, a lot going on. We're going to have David Schultz coming up, but let's take a quick break. You're listening to News Radio 830 WCCO. All right, folks, it is 754, 72 degrees. Esme Murphy with you until 9 o'clock. Uh, do want to let you know if you're just joining us, we are taking live updates uh, live at the top of the hour and also at the bottom of the hour from CBS News about the latest uh, when it comes to Irma. Hurricane Irma basically taking a northerly turn right now, headed towards Florida. The track, as we've been telling you, uh, going further west than originally thought. The, the initial projection that we've had for days is that Miami would be taking the direct hit. Now it looks like Tampa and the western coast uh, of Florida will will get the most direct hit. However, this storm is so large that it's actually going to be uh, 
really hitting every single major city uh, in Florida and affecting that. And and everyone is talking about this significant storm surge. So uh, a lot to worry about there, a lot to be concerned about there. And we certainly are praying for all of those in the path of Hurricane Irma that they will be safe, that they have heeded all these warnings to get out uh, because I think right now it's probably uh, too late uh, in many cases, depending on where you are in the state of Florida, to get out uh, as well. Uh, so we'll have an update uh, on Hurricane Irma. And also coming up, uh, we'll have uh, David Schultz of Hamlin University talk about a number of things. We want to ask him, we're looking forward to getting his input on this, on the ruling that came uh, that was a, a big surprise. I know that he thought this would not go Governor Mark Dayton's way. Uh, Governor Mark Dayton, the Minnesota Supreme Court, uh, basically upholding his veto of all the money for legislative salaries, saying that it was in fact constitutional, and that is the opposite, the opposite of what a lower court ruled. So I'd like to get his take on that, as well as you know his thoughts on how President Trump is handling uh, the crises involving both Irma and also, of course, Harvey, still a catastrophe down in the Texas area. One of the things that uh, the president had initially sought is that he had proposed uh, cuts to FEMA, uh, the Federal Emergency Management Agency. That is no longer on the table. Uh, the president working out a deal with uh, Democrats, actually, uh, and some conservatives upset with the president that he worked out a deal. I don't see what other option he had. One can't leave uh, a situation like Harvey and the, the hundreds of thousands, if not millions, affected there, you know, just on the table. Also, the situation with Irma affecting millions more. So keep it right here, folks. Uh, we are all over this Hurricane Irma. You are listening to News Radio 830 WCCO. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. 